Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 252. And when I shared an unscripted, unedited coaching session with my business coach on the show in episode 250, your response was massive. The topic of coaching keeps coming up in the Gold Digger Podcast Facebook group in many different ways. And since I've been investing in myself through coaching even more lately, I wanted to bring back the coaching sessions that we used to do on the show. Now, I'm really excited about chatting one-on-one with a gold digger for two reasons. Number one, I get to connect with someone in the audience in a big way, which is amazing. And number two, a coaching session is a different way to dive into a topic and answer the real questions that you might have about it. It's a way for me to step back into an earlier phase of business and look through your lens and to meet you where you're at with some real conversation and workshopping. I am super excited to welcome Meg Wheeler to the Gold Digger podcast for a coaching session. When she raised her hand with questions about creating a course and becoming an online educator, I knew it'd be super fun to have a discussion with her. Meg left the corporate world of finance, accounting, and tax because she wanted to create more value and have a greater impact helping women with the financial aspect of their lives and businesses. So she started as a casual blogger and rolled that into one-on-one coaching, and now she's kind of at a crossroads. Is creating a course the next right step? And I'm so excited to talk this through with Meg. So if you guys are ready, I think it is time Let's do this. Welcome, Meg. And here we go. It's another coaching session of the Gold Digger Podcast. I hope you guys are excited that we brought these back. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on Honest Conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash golddigger and get $50 off your first job posting. 
Thank you to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Skillshare is offering my listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for free. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2 to get two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Okay, Meg, first off, just welcome to the podcast. It is so fun to get to connect with you today. So thank you for coming on the show and being our student. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's just start. And I want this to just be a total conversation. So kind of just give me a quick rundown of who you are, what you do, what your business looks like right now, and then we can dive in and you can pretty much ask me anything. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a little bit of a backstory just so you know who I am. So about two years ago, I left corporate. I was actually working for Harvard University's endowment. I handled their global tax strategy for one of their portfolios. And while I loved my work, I was not at all fulfilled by the job. I just, I felt like I had more to give and I really just wanted to have a bigger impact. So when I came back from maternity leave, I found out my role was changing. I said, you know what? That's my sign. I'm out. I quit. I had no plan. And (laughs) I just, I was like, this is it. I love that. (laughs) If I don't do it now, I am never, I think I was very emboldened by having a baby. You might understand that. I was like, I can do anything if I just did that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I quit and I actually started my first business, which is called One for Women. It's an online gift company and marketplace all about supporting women. And for me, that was really the key. I knew that whatever I did, I wanted it to be in the service of empowering and supporting women. So that was my first business venture. I still have that to this day. But I also, through all of this, really missed the financial side of things. And I just saw this opportunity to help other women entrepreneurs, especially creatives, especially service-based entrepreneurs who really struggled when it came to figuring out you know, the money stuff in their businesses. And I just thought, I've got this background in finance and tax I feel like I can help them get over these hurdles. So now, in addition to running my business, my first business, I work with entrepreneurs as an on-demand CFO. Mm -hmm. I help them set up and manage the money and the financial aspects of their businesses. And while I love this, it's honestly impossible for me to have the kind of impact I want to have while running two businesses. Yeah. (laughs) And I've got a toddler. So I'm just, I'm looking to really create a business built on educational resources that can help these women who I love and I'm in, you know, just so in awe of how brilliant and amazing and creative they are and just really have them get the benefit of my financial knowledge and experience, but do it at an affordable price in an efficient way for me. And that's, that's where I'm at right now in my business. Okay. So This is amazing. So your first business, is that pretty much like running? Like how much of your time is required with your first business? Yeah, it is running. I would say I'm splitting my time about 50-50 right now. And it's going to be less and less in the first business. We did a bunch. Like we rolled out a podcast. We opened up an online marketplace. So now that everything's kind of up and running, it's, it's a lot more like just, you know, kind of running on its, on its system. And so now I'm really devoting myself to the second aspect of my life. 
And how many hours a week are you working? Because I'm just asking, because right now I'm like legitimately getting in like two hour time chunks and trying to build this. So where are you at with that right now? So I definitely put in a full 40 hour week, if not more. I'm very lucky in that my son goes to daycare. So I do have, you know, kind of that full work day, but I I work nights too. But that's a big part of it for me is I want to be able to help more people, but not actually Uh have this kind of work schedule long term. Yes. And I feel like you're at this place too, because even, I mean, I've seen you inside of the list launch program. You're super active in there. And I know like you've been growing your email list, but one thing that I think is so interesting is I feel like every entrepreneur hits this place where you're realizing you're trading your time for money. Mm-hmm. And like at some point you can't just keep adding more time on to make more money. So it's right. just, you know, obviously you are aware of this, but like what you're doing right now isn't scalable, which is why you have the questions that you do. So like, what's the first thing you want to ask about? And let's kind of walk (laughs) through that. Yeah. So my first question, okay, look, I love tax. Like it lights me up inside. Which is hilarious (laughs) because I don't know anyone else who says that, but great. I know. I was actually, I had lunch with a friend today and I was telling her that when I left my job, I actually like ugly cried. And I was, I told my husband, I said, I'm never going to do tax again. And he was like, this is weird. (laughs) This is really weird. Okay. (laughs) So my question really is, like, how do you get people excited about your course or your resource, whatever it is, when it's a not so sexy topic? Um, I mean, I feel like your topics are sexy. Uh, Girl, okay. So first, let me just tell you a story about this, because this is actually pretty amazing. So it was I think it was two, at least two years ago, two and a half years ago, when I was like, okay, I know how much email lists matter. And this is not a plug for the course, but like, I remember being like, this is the biggest regret I have is that I didn't start my email list sooner. Mm -hmm. And I knew like Instagram is way sexier than email (laughs) lists. Like, let's be honest. And so I remember talking to Caitlin on my team and I was like, Hey, like I need to create this program. It's about email lists. And I know that it is going to take our audience well over a year to even understand why they need an email list, but I care about it so much that I'm willing to let this happen. And so I remember building out this program and like just being so on fire for it, but also recognizing just like you are right now, like people aren't going to be like lit up about tax like you are. (laughs) And so it was actually really interesting because I think this is going to help you a lot is like, you have to believe in what you're creating so much to know that it might take a long time to get other people to buy in. And mm-hmm. so I remember our first launch of that program was the worst launch we've ever done in my entire business. Oh, wow. And I didn't care. I was like elated because I was like, people are starting to understand. Like, even if 10 people sign up, that's 10 people that I've shown the impact of email lists to. Now, last year, we ran our numbers. It's our number one program, which is kind of crazy wow. because it took... <laughs> two full years of talking about it, of living it, of teaching it. And so Mm -hmm. last year when I led my mastermind, there's a lot of students of mine that were starting to build courses. And I said, one, which I believe you are, you have to be passionate about this topic to talk about it obsessively for the next few years, (laughs) especially when it's something that people don't even understand. You know what I mean? Like, Like it was like so foreign to the creative industry two years ago. Now it's like common, Mm -hmm. Um, but same thing with tax. So one, you have to be able to talk about it and like still keep that passion. So if you're not passionate enough about it to talk about it, like once a week for the next two years of your life, (laughs) then I would say don't do it. The second thing is, is that like you have to be that example. And so Mm -hmm. people need to see you 
talking about this, but then see how it applies to them. Mm-hmm. And so your job as somebody who's going to potentially teach on this is to tell stories that make sense where people can visualize themselves as like the leading character. This goes for service-based people. This goes for courses. Like when I think about being a wedding photographer, I had to show wedding days that women wanted to imagine themselves Mm. being the bride in. So you want to show scenarios or paint scenarios or get testimonials where people envision themselves as that leading character, where they can start Mm -hmm. to paint that picture and see themselves. So Yes, tax is not sexy. And I still don't even understand fully what you mean when you say the word tax. So this is good. But like when you think about educating other people, like you want to start talking about it. If you haven't started talking about it yet, you want to start talking about it today. And I teach like the JK5, the method with Instagram, where you have five categories and you rotate through those five categories when you post. And so you want to make sure that that is one of your five Okay. Long before you even have an offer. So I want like once a week you to be somehow either educating me on it, becoming that expert on it, telling a story where I can envision myself in it. But I want it to become something that when I think of Meg Wheeler, I think of tax. Mm-hmm. What is tax? Can you explain this to me? <laughs> I'm like talking about it. I'm like, I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. Give me a rundown quick of what this means. Yeah, sure. And it's not just tax. I mean, yeah. really, it's all the financial aspects of your business. So it's your accounting so that you know, you know what revenues you're bringing in, what your profit is on your sales. And then obviously tax is, you know, if you're in the U.S. paying tax to the IRS or to a state, if you're in a state, but there's just, there's a lot of stuff. And I'll, you know, I'll say this, the reason why it's so important is because you can make significantly better strategic decisions in Mm -hmm. your business if you understand your numbers. So it's, I will preach to the end of my days about this. Well, and there's so many things too that like you can loop in. So when when you think about starting to share it, like there are so many stats out there. I mean, I think of the show Shark Tank, like Mm -hmm. we love that show. And it's like, how many business owners right now today could get on that show and stand confidently in front of those sharks and be able to talk about, you know, the lifetime value or their cost per Mm -hmm. acquisition or their profit margins or, you know, the difference between profits and revenues, like not very many entrepreneurs can do that. Mm-hmm. So I think too, you, you're you going to have to be careful okay. in how you share about this because you don't want people to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of times when we are experts, when something comes like very easy to us or something is just kind of second nature, a lot of times we can speak about it in a way that makes people feel like, well, crap, I know I should have done this years ago and Mm -hmm. I haven't done it. And now I feel guilt and now I feel like a failure and I feel like it's too late. Right. And so you want to make it super approachable and you almost want to tell people like, it's okay if you've never done this. Like I am giving you permission to start today and here's the first step you're going to take. And so you want to kind of focus on sharing it in a way that alleviates that because I'm going to guess that the people that you are working with and are hoping to work with if you create a program are maybe not necessarily the beginners, Um, maybe people that should have been doing this a while ago that just never got around to it or never saw the importance of it. Right. Um, And you can obviously still hit beginners with that offer, but that's going to be something that you're just going to walk a fine line on up between like educating and condemning. 
You yes. Know? Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it, it does. And it's funny because I do, I talk to so many women and they're, they're embarrassed. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm like, no, like you don't need to be embarrassed. This is, yes. this is tough stuff. And you built this amazing business. Of course you didn't have time to figure this stuff out. Yes. And mon- money's weird for women anyway, I feel like. So it there's is. that. So weird. So weird. I know. And it's such a fine line too. Like, I mean, we've been so open about our figures and things like that because I think it helps people to like actually understand what we're talking about. But it is very weird. So it's um, I mean, you've got you've got your work cut out for you in a good way Mm. because you're removing the stigma of money. Mm -hmm. You so you could have money mindset be something that you talk about a lot and like work through your categories when you post and when you create content, you can have limiting beliefs around it, you can have just easy tips to start to understand it, you can have stories around women that are Mm -hmm. taking control of their money, like, there's just so many ways that you can start talking about it today. And I think the number one advice, especially when somebody's thinking about creating a scalable option or passive revenue is that you want to like start talking about it long before you've started building it. And so I think that's like where you would begin. So, okay. So what's your next question or like, what's the next step that you're thinking of? Yeah. So the next thing I will admit goes to a little bit of self-doubt. Yeah. So I keep hearing all of these course creators or people who do courses on courses yeah. say that, you know, you really shouldn't tackle a course until you've been doing the one-on-one coaching, consulting, whatever it is for a really long time. And for me, yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> I feel like the reason is because, you know, you should really know what you're talking about and really know your audience. But I feel yeah. like I've got that. So I'm just trying to figure out like, am I tackling this too early? But how many years did you have your old job? Almost 10. Yeah. Okay. Let's just <laughs> So I'm not because I don't want people to think like, oh, I lost myself 10 pounds. So I'm going to go teach people nutrition. Like that's not what right. I'm getting at. Like, there are so many things that you should be licensed on mental health, weight loss, like all that kind of stuff. But you did this job for a decade, you had education in it, you're just applying it in a different way. So first off, don't feel like that. I genuinely think if you've done consulting, so basically, taking your knowledge from your past job, applying it to this new job, and you've done that for a year, and you've gotten to know your client's biggest pain points, what they want their end result to be, their biggest fears, and the way that you can fill them, there is no reason to wait. None at all. So now let me ask you this. Do you feel like, so okay, that makes sense to me. But in terms of like my email list is still pretty small. My Instagram is pretty small. Do you feel like there is a point at which you should wait from that perspective of having an actual following and a community? Um, yes and no. So, I mean, I think let's be honest, it would be so much easier for you to launch this thing and go big if you had a giant audience eager Mm -hmm. to buy it. Right. Yeah. But I also think that if you can, create the course that has a very clear end result for your girl. I'm going to assume it's a girl you're serving. It could be a girl or a guy. But if you have a very clear end result and you know how to communicate that, I would probably, if I were in your shoes, I would go the route of Facebook ads Mm. um, and investing in them. And you know more than ever, like the power of investing um, and, you know, obviously what's a good trade. And so, (laughs) Based off of what I know about your business and what I know about you, 
what I would do is start growing your list through Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually, a, yeah, okay. And how is that going? Like, do you know what your cost per conversion is for a new? Uh, yes, I think it was like at a dollar forty this that's morning. Great. No, yes, that's, yeah, I'm happy. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> um, we we've gotten so good at knowing our people and like mm. the targeting stuff. So our cost per acquisition for our email list is usually right around a dollar, but I would say anything under three to four dollars is good. Okay. Um, I think what you're doing is great. So I would definitely be investing in those to grow your email list. Mm-hmm. And one thing people forget about too, is when you're investing in ads, you're also growing your social platforms because your ads are being run from those social platforms. A lot of times people will click over and check you out. Right. Um, and so that is where I would be investing right now. And we're kind of, we're playing the long game here. And so then you're going to have your email list that you can retarget when you do have a program to launch. Hmm. Um, And so, I mean, we are doing right now, like we're in the midst of a launch and like we're hitting cold traffic and we're still converting at like $2 a lead. And I know it's going to pay off. And so when I look at people that are just starting and it's so easy and I'm sure so many people roll their eyes because it's like, I have this giant audience that I could launch to at any point. But if I were to start over again, I remember on Amy Porterfield's podcast, she was talking about like, if you were given the opportunity to give somebody a dollar today and at the end of the day, get $2 back, everyone would do it. But Mm -hmm. like, obviously people are so hesitant to pay an ad. So I don't think you need to wait at all, but I would use the freebies that you're creating to really test out like what are people taking action on and have a few different freebies running as ads and just watch really quickly. You're going to see which ones are getting the most clicks, which ones are getting you the most subscribers. And that's going to really help you to figure out your messaging, figure out what the real pain points are so that you can create a program that people are going to just take action on and go nuts over. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I like that. Thank you to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, your creativity, and your career. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, even illustration. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning, thriving, and reaching your biggest goals. With Skillshare, I go from educator to student because I want to keep learning and growing. And Skillshare makes it so easy. I've got my eye on a few graphic design courses to up my game. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. Again, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger and the number two to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. I did it again. I used LinkedIn Jobs to hire a new member of my team. I posted the job on a Friday and by Monday, she was onboarding with us. Making the right hire on a short timeline makes a huge impact on my business. Sure, I could have posted the opening on a regular job board and hoped the right person would come along, but finding the right person for my team who understands my brand and has a unique skill set to get the job done well, not leaving that up to chance. Instead, I post on LinkedIn, where people go every single day to make connections, grow in their careers, and discover job opportunities. 70% 
90% of the workforce is on LinkedIn, and 9 out of 10 of those people aren't looking at job boards, but they're open to new opportunities. That's why a new hire is made every 10 seconds on LinkedIn. And I can account for one of those hires in the last month. Hurry up to linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash gold digger to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash gold digger. Terms and conditions apply. So are you using Pinterest at all? So I am. And it's, you know, I'm, it's getting better and better, but I still feel like I'm not getting a ton of website traffic. Okay. And so I I do, I blog every week. So it's a blog post that goes on every week. Okay. Cause I was going to say not even in posting your content, but using Pinterest to like figure out keywords that people are searching Mm. for. So if you go into Pinterest, I was just working on a podcast episode about search engine optimization and keyword generation. Mm. And if you go into Pinterest and you just type in like, business finance, it'll give you like five more words that people are searching. So it could be like business finance checklist or entrepreneurial, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just whatever. It'll give you, I'm like running out of words. It'll give (laughs) you the keywords that people are typing in based on certain subjects. And so you can use Pinterest, like just type in words that of stuff that you've created and you can see what people are searching for. And that can help you one, create better blog content that people click to, but two, create freebies that people are searching for right now. Oh, I love that. That's so smart because I'll tell you, like, I feel like I'm running out of blog topics. Yeah. Yes. And like, literally you could type in like one word, it'll generate five different searches. Same thing on Google, same thing with hashtags. Like we do tons of research around that where it's like, what are people looking for? What are people using or what are people searching? And Mm. then obviously those will perform better on the platform as well. But that's like a really good way to think of topics that'll help people. And then you can also do you know, blog posts and have a pop-up on that blog post that'll lead people to some sort of freebie to get their email address. So yes. Yeah. I've started doing that. So good. good. Okay, cool. You're on the right path. Yay. (laughs) Okay. What's next? All right. So, and it's so funny. I wrote this question before I listened to your recent episode with your coach. Yeah. But that was so helpful because my, my question is really about selling and you know, when, really kind of when you sell to your community, and I know you preach all the time about, you know, giving, giving, giving and and serving Mm -hmm. and then selling. And so I guess I'm just curious, like how, how do you really make sure that you've prepped your community well enough so that they're ready when you sell to them? And especially because like, in my case, I am doing the Facebook ads. So I'm constantly Mm -hmm. adding new people to my list. Yep. So I have this fear that like somebody will join my list and then the next day I'll launch my course and they'll be like, whoa, that was aggressive. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, that's going to happen and that's okay Mm. too. So one thing that I did and it's, it's very next level. So I, in terms of like intermediate, like it wasn't something I would have started with, but I want for you to take this example and then apply it to what makes sense for you Okay, is a lot of times when people have email lists and they're serving their audience, they're just thinking of these one-off emails. So it's like, okay, what can I send this week? And then I'm sending an email every Wednesday, right? Or like whatever that is. And so I want for you, when you look at your emails for the next month, two months, I want for them to be building something that can become a funnel. Like, and I think people take the word funnel and think sales right away. But I'm saying like, we are going to elongate your welcome sequence So that it could be a month long, two months long, not just six emails in length, but we have a six month long sequence. 
oh, that wow. goes out. And okay. nobody drops onto my main email list until they've gone through those six months. And oh, those okay. emails are like 90% serving, 10% mm-hmm. like invitations to offers. And so when a lot of people approach email marketing, they're like, okay, so I'm going to give people this welcome sequence. And then they're just going to drop onto my main list and get an email once a week until I go into launch mode. But I want for you to be thinking about like, okay, so next month I'm going to send out one weekly email. So that's four emails, but how can I make them timeless so Mm. that they can serve people longer? How can I make them build off of each other so that I can just drop them into that welcome sequence so that welcome sequence is getting longer each week so that when every new subscriber jumps on, they're not just getting those first five, six emails, they're getting a month long or two months long Mm. of service. So that no matter when they join, they're getting those first. And then, hey, if it happens to land around a launch time, they'll get those two afterwards. But nobody's getting bombarded with sales messages right away. Right. Does that so make when sense? You, it does. Yeah. When you do the six-month yeah. welcome sequence, and do you sell it all in the six months or no? Yeah. So basically okay. how we did it is we had a regular welcome sequence. So it was like six to eight emails where we were getting to know that person. They were getting to know us. Mm-hmm. Then it went into two-story emails. So I would tell a story about an experience or just kind of shed light on some sort of topic. Then the email after that one, I would serve up resources that were free on that topic. So let's say it was about how I was never using Pinterest in my business. Now here's what Pinterest does for us. The next email would be, here are three free resources on Pinterest that can get you started with Pinterest. The next email would be an invite to a webinar. If people take that webinar invite, then they can hear more about our program If not, then they just move on to the next one where I'm serving, serving, serving. And then I'm like, hey, here we have this too. If you want to check out this Instagram training, go to that. So my whole goal was at the end of six months, people would know exactly what programs I have to offer. They would have been extended invitations. If they took them, then that would have been the path they went on. And if they didn't take them, then they just stayed on this sequence where they continued to get served. And it just helps me to know that at the end of six months, This person knows exactly what I have to offer. They have been exposed to my offers, regardless of if they took action or not. And they've kind of graduated. So they know the brand, they know what's out there. And now they're just dropped into our regular thing. So again, this is super next level. So let's dial Mm -hmm. it back. What is this going to look like for you? So I want for you to build this out based on your top blog posts, your top opt-ins, And I don't even want you to have a pitch because the pitches only make sense if you have things that are evergreen and running. So this can be like future pacing for you. So when you think about, quote, selling in this funnel, I want for it to really just be invitations to get to know you and what you do better. Okay, that makes sense. So my goal for you would be that you would be able to serve someone for a month and a half Mm -hmm. and then they'll drop onto your main list. Hmm, okay. And that feels doable. Yeah. That's not Yeah. Not that I mean, bad. that's like six <laughs> to eight emails total, you know? Right. And right. you can even say like, all right, here, like now you're dropping onto our list. Here is what you'll get. You'll get one weekly email, blah, blah, mm. blah. So it's like, I just want for you to think about graduating your people so that at the end of that two months, they know what you have to offer. They know what you're an expert in. And then if a launch comes around, they're ready and they're primed. Yeah, I like that. And it's, you know, it's funny too. You made me realize as you were talking, I think we also, it's so great to automate and all this stuff, but I think we, that ends up leaving us forgetting 
that like they are getting emails. Yes. Like, things are actually happening with them. Yes. <laughs> Even though we don't feel that. Cause I think I have a welcome series. I think it's like about five emails right now. Yeah. And I'm in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, they are getting like five weeks yes. before they go on my list. <laughs> yes, I know. And that's the thing too, is it's like, I think one of the things with email lists is people are like, gosh, I have to keep creating new content every single week. But it's like when you strategically create that content, I could be growing that six month funnel to an eight month funnel, year long funnel. If I'm strategically creating that weekly content to make it timeless and to make it service focused, you know, I think a lot of times people with their email list, they get so timely that they're like flash sale 30% off. And like, (laughs) that's all their emails are. And it's like, you'll never be able to use that again. Like, create offers that still exist. So yeah, so that's what I would do. And that way too, whenever you're sending traffic to your blog and you have a pop-up or things like that, like, you know, with confidence, like these people are getting served really well. They're seeing you as this expert. And by the time that this automation ends, that's when they are graduated. They could speak to what you do and what you're putting out there. Mm, That makes sense. Cool. Good. Okay. Next question. Fire it at me. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So what, what would you say if you had to pick one thing is, has been the single most, I guess, success producing thing with all of your courses? Okay. So this is very simple answer. Okay. So when you create a program online, you need to start with the end result first. Mm. So I want for somebody who takes your program to say, I am putting down $500 for this program or however much it's going to cost. And at the end of this program, I will X, Y, and Z. I will know my numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you need to set Mm -hmm. the end result. So like the list to launch lab, like you will have started and served your audience within 30 days. You know, like you, Mm -hmm. the email, like when we create a course, it's like, what is that promise? And start there. And when you can define a very clear promise, it helps making the modules so much easier. I think a lot Mm. of times people are like, okay, we're going to start with this. And then, oh, I think I should add a module here about this. And then maybe they should do this next. And it's like, no, 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 no. When you have a very clear end result, usually it's three to five steps that will get somebody to that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like yeah, mm-hmm. so if you can create a very clear end result, it's going to make your creation process a lot simpler. Okay. The other things that we've done that have been just really, really huge for us is focusing on creating timeless content. So like I teach on social media, like social media changes every day. So when we re-recorded our program, we made it so easy so that each module is specific to something. So if Instagram changes Mm. something on Instagram stories. I don't have to record an entire huge module. I can just record the module on Instagram stories over again. So just being really, yeah, really specific about how we create it so that if anything changes, we're constantly updating our programs. And so that made it a lot easier too. Oh, okay. Very cool. I like that. So yes, I'm all about like planning, you know, do it well. Yes. Yes. And I've learned so much, but I just think the number one mistake people make is like, they're like, okay, my course is going to help people become more confident. Well, that looks different for every single person. So I want like a smart goal where you can say like, this is specific, it's measurable, it's actionable, you know, and Mm -hmm. at the end of the course, I want people to say, yes, this happened or no, this didn't happen for me. 
my course is going to make you love tax. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be like, I still don't know what tax is. So yes or no. So I get it. So yeah, so that's what I would do is just start with that end result and then you're going to create your system on that. The other thing I would say too is a lot of times your first instinct is to fill your program with all the things. And you've probably seen people launch where it's like 50 modules and you know, Mm -hmm. a bajillion templates and all of these coaching calls. And and it feels so like overwhelming. And one thing I love about our programs is like, I sincerely believe you could take any of our programs and complete them in a week. And so I wanted to remove all the fluff. I want it to be as simple as possible. Like I want to take a course that has five modules and that's it. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want like a 50 module program because to me, I'm just telling myself, I'm never going to get through that. I'm never going to finish that. So I would just say to less is more people have bought way too many things that they've never followed Mm -hmm. through on. And so the biggest thing you want is to be able to get people results. That's so true. I still have a course I paid. I won't say how much, but too much yeah. money for that. I have barely touched. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? So, I know. Yes, it is. It is and it's crazy. such, it's a great course. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with well, it. And it's you just, feel more I, bad yeah. about yourself than you feel about right. the educator, right? Because I think <laughs> a lot of times as educators were like, people are going to hate me. And it's like, no, people are beating themselves up because they invested yes. in this and they didn't complete it. And so like we're working right now on different strategies that we can implement to help our students finish our programs. So whether that's accountability or offering to review their Pinterest or their Instagram once they complete the modules or things like that, Mm. because you want to be able to get people results or else they're never going to buy from you again, you know? No, that's so true. And I've, I've taken your Pinterest course and your list building course. And I agree, like you do that so well, like everything is very tangible and gets you to a point where you get results right away. So I love that. Good. Okay. Good. Awesome. Okay. Do you got any more? I'm afraid to ask more no, questions and I have more work to do. No, no it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> or if you want me to extrapolate on anything, because I've given you a lot. Keep going. Well, you know, but it's it's been so helpful. I mean, I think for me, you know, it's really just, there's so much to putting a course together and there's that fear of, and it, you talked about it a little bit with like, don't put too much in yeah. there, but there's that fear of like, what if I'm not giving them the right course, you know, like, okay. So like, that's so tough to figure out. Okay. So let's talk about that. So what I would do, especially since you don't have like this giant platform that you're launching it to, I would consider getting beta testers, um, Mm. to test it out. And I would like, Okay. okay, so you can do it one of two ways and I've had friends do it either way. So you can either have people take it once it's complete and offer feedback and testimonials, or Mm -hmm. you can have people take it week by week as you're building it so that you can see Mm. the next questions that arise um, and then anticipate like what the next module will be. Because sometimes people get held up in a different way. For me, it was easier to create the entire thing just based off of my like gut and what I knew people needed. But I've also had some friends do it like as they go. And they've, they've said it's been awesome just because people were getting stuck in places they didn't anticipate or people were like leading to a next step that they didn't think would be. So one thing that I would encourage with beta testers is you can do it a couple ways. You can either have people take it at a discounted price or you can hand select five different people that if they commit to giving you feedback and or a testimonial, you'll give them the program. And that's the method that I do. Mm. And I hand select people that I know 
will reach my audience in different ways. So it's not like I wanted the photo lab to have five wedding photographers. I wanted a male photographer, like a dude that's a Mm. photographer. I wanted a grad (laughs) photographer. I wanted a newborn photographer because I wanted to make sure the program worked for everyone. So a lot of times people will be like, hey, I'm giving out my test for free to five people. But I would say do your research and hand select people that, again, your future customers can imagine themselves like, hey, if this worked for this person, it's probably going to work for me and be really Mm. specific about who you're choosing to write your testimonials or to beta test it for you too. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that take on it to actually choose the people. Oh, yeah. I've never thought about oh, that. Oh yeah, I like That's hand part. select like cuz <laughs> I'm like I want like the right people to give the right, right testimonials because I want people to see and I want to know did this genuinely work, you know? No, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. So, have you started like I mean, I know you're educating and you're sharing things via your blog, and then you obviously have your one-on-one clients. Have you started to like put together a curriculum or like start to like explore building a course? Where are you kind of at with the whole thing? Yeah, so I I have a course outline. Okay, good. So yeah, so I feel and it's been paired back. Awesome. It started with eight modules yep. and it's now four. Good. I love that. So yes, uh, so I feel good about it, and I'm kind of gearing up to launch it. Although I keep I I keep going through all the steps thinking that like, I'll just keep putting one foot in front of another and then I'll hit, I'll kind of hit that point where I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to launch it because I don't think I'm quite there yet. I still have a few pieces I need to work out and I need to record everything. I feel like that's (laughs) the most daunting part to be honest. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm like, oh, it sounds exhausting. I'll have to do my hair. Oh my gosh. So I (laughs) never do video courses for that exact reason. I just feel like the pressure of like being on camera, being camera ready, saying the right things, because then, okay, so let's just talk about this really quick. I would advise to not do a video course specifically for your first one, because think about it. If anything changes, you're going to what? Have to record over again, get in a new video team, do your hair and makeup again. One, that's a nightmare. Two, your production costs are really high when you do that. So yeah, okay. I would say nope, because honestly, it was funny. I, I recently just bought a course that I'm working through and it's a video course and it's just somebody sitting there talking and I'm like doing laundry while I'm listening to it and I'm feeding the baby and I'm like, why am I going to mm-hmm. sit and watch somebody talk? You know what I mean? Right. Like we don't have time for that. So what I've ended yeah. up doing is I hired a designer to create a slide deck that I could customize yep. module by module. So they just pay, I paid them one time. They created all the slides. Then I just dropped in my content and then mm. I just use ScreenFlow to record that. And then with yes. ScreenFlow, you can export your MP3. So then you have the MP3 option, you have the slide deck. And then if you want to have some sort of a script that can become your transcription. Right. That so makes sense. Okay. I would say like you can hire a video person to maybe come and record like five things. It could be like you're welcome into the course. You could record some launch stuff. You could record video ads. But I would not recommend to anyone to do a video course off the bat. Just that's a really high buy-in. When you look at creating a course off of Keynote and ScreenFlow and Kajabi or whatever you use mm-hmm. to host it, it's like a five hundred to a thousand dollar investment versus a video team. I've never done a video course for that reason. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, that takes a lot of pressure. Yeah. Off. Cause it's like, I mean, I, you could sit down and then the nice thing is too, is like, anytime you need to re-record something, you don't have to like 
right. go through all of that. And and you will have to re-record things or you'll want to add things. And then if it doesn't have that production right. value, it feels piecemealed. So I would just say okay. I would do that instead. And you can do like Facebook lives. Like you don't have to worry about the relationship being lost just because it's a voice. Okay. Cause I think a lot of people are like, well, like, like on my webinars now, I started showing my face more mm. on like, like on in the Facebook groups, you can show your face more. So people don't need to see your face to feel connected to your content. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of my worry, especially with the content being so, Dry. I don't want to say. <laughs> I, was like, I was like boring, but that's not how no. I really feel. But that's how everyone else feels. It's dry. <laughs> it's drier content, and so I feel like too having slides yeah. can help you like walk people through things a lot easier okay. than you having like a whiteboard or that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of logistics <laughs> that would be having to happen if you did a yes. video course. So. Okay. No. Cool. All right. I love it. Pressure's off. Yeah. Good. And you can always upgrade, like after a year or something, if you're like, okay, Mm. I want to do the production value. I want to hire in that team. I know somebody at one of my friends, she did video courses and I think she invested almost six figures into all of the production of it. And I'm like, one, you want to make sure this concept works. Like (laughs) you just got to get that content out there. Like it does not have to be pretty and polished to like make an impact. So that is why I've never done it. And I've hired videographers to do like video ads and welcomes and that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. that's it. So Okay, cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any final questions? Oh my goodness. I, this has honestly been so helpful. I just, I can't thank you oh, enough. Girl. I don't, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about action steps then. How about that? Let's break it down. Okay, good. Okay. So first things I want for you to do is to really define that end result. So I want for you to start there because that's going to help you generate your content. It's going to help you write your emails. So when somebody completes the program that you're going to start building, what is Mm -hmm. that end result? And I want for you to think about all of your clients. I want for you to write down things that they've said, or even when you tell somebody what you do, like what is their initial questions? What is their reactions? Because everything you're about to create you want to create it around this final result. And so even though you have your course outline, I want for you to just kind of revisit that and really make sure like, is this the exact system that people are going to take at the end of X amount of days or X amount of weeks? Do they have this end result? So that'll get you clear there. The next thing I want for you to do is to look at your content calendar. So how often are you blogging right now? I blog uh, once a week and then I do a Facebook live once a week as well. I love this. This is so good. Okay. So as you're starting to build out your program, you can actually start to share bits of that content through your Facebook live and your blogs and your email list. And so a lot Mm -hmm. of times I think people are afraid to be like putting that content out there because they're like, no, this is going to be in my paid program. But like, I mean, we're 200 some episodes into my podcast. You would think I would have ran out of things to say, but your course (laughs) is the system. It's the ABCD system. And so you want to start thinking about what mindset shifts need to happen for people to acknowledge that my program is going to lead them to this result? Because there's going to be a lot of limiting mindsets. There's going to be a lot of beliefs around money, beliefs around running a business, beliefs around paying yourself as an entrepreneur. And so what kind of shifts need to start happening that is going to qualify somebody 
to be the right fit for my program. And generally speaking, there's usually three really big ones and time and money cannot be in there. Time and money is an error and an excuse and a limiting mindset for every single human. So when people tell Mm. me somebody's not going to buy my program because of time or money, I'm like, move on. Because that's for everything on planet earth, time, and money are the two things. Yeah. So what I want for you to think about, what are the three mindset shifts that would need to happen for somebody to say, okay, I'm ready for Meg's program, or I'm the right person for that program. And that's the content I want for you to start sharing, to start speaking on, to start educating on. Because until somebody has those mindset shifts, they're not going to purchase. And so that's where you want to kind of center. And then With that, I would just say, how can you be smart about what you're creating? Because when you think about, you're going to start building a course that's going to take a lot of your time. You're going to be blogging, Mm -hmm. you're going to be Facebook living, and you're going to be emailing. So how can we get really smart about your content creation process so that all of those things can come together and you're creating maybe one piece of content that then you're talking about on your Facebook live. You're just taking a paragraph from that blog post, putting it into your email with that call to action. Like how can we get smart about this? So yeah, you want to repurpose it as somebody who creates so much content. We started to look at how can we go into the content creation process, realizing where this content's going to live is there longevity with it? How are we going to share about it? And how can we make all of this evergreen so that it lasts for a long time? Yes, I love that. (laughs) Does that make sense? I know that was like a lot of ideas all at once. But I just want for you to start like getting to work on that course and start thinking about those mindset shifts that will help qualify people for when it comes out to launch. Which are definitely big when it comes to talking about the money stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so when (laughs) are you going to have a course outline that I can look at? Oh my goodness, homework. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Letting you off the hook. I love it. Uh, In a week. Okay, so I want an email in a week with your end result and kind of what the modules look like. And then I want to just kind of see a breakdown of your next four blog posts and like what that's going to okay. look like. And then I will offer feedback on that. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm excited Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, Meg, anything else? Are you feeling good? You feeling ready and charged up? I feel good. I feel like I have a lot to go work on and I'm, I'm excited. Okay. For so that. where can everyone go follow you to see this work in progress? Oh, so exciting. So you can find me at megwheeler.com and my Instagram is megkwheeler. Amazing. Okay. Well, Meg, first off, just thank you for being a part of my communities. I was so excited to choose a student to do this with, and we're going to keep this trend going because I think these coaching sessions are not just fun to be a part of, but fun to listen in on. So thank you. And two, I cannot wait to see what you put out. I think a course is a really good progression for you where you're at so that you can stop trading time for money and just kind of take that knowledge that you're probably sharing with each client constantly and put it in one Mm -hmm. place so that it can live on for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I love getting to connect with my students in a new way. And here's the deal. These people are the ones taking action in their lives and in their businesses and getting to coach them. That is like my greatest joy. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to attend that training so that I can continue growing my knowledge with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And I want to make sure if you want your spot, now is the time to save it because this training is happening on April 30th. It is a live webcast. It's going to break the internet. 
head to jennaslink.com, save your seat right up next to mine. Maybe we'll do a live Q&A afterwards and talk through what they're teaching. But man, I am so excited and I hope that you join me. Again, that's jennaslink.com and I will see you inside of the training. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.